The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, to be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery, But I say to you that anyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said... Whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair black or white. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The other day I was driving to my friend Sarah's house to get my children, and I almost missed her road. So I had to turn rather quickly from the main road that I was driving on onto a small side street which I had to do quickly so that the person behind me wouldn't have to slam on their brakes. And as I entered the side street, I saw a mom pushing a stroller through the snow banks in preparation to cross the street that I was about to turn onto, that I was actively turning onto. I couldn't safely stop to let her go, so I gave her an apologetic wave, and she glared at me coldly. I wanted to stop and say, no, no, I'm not one of those thoughtless drivers. I'm one of you. See my kids? Wait, my kids aren't in the car. See my car seats? I know what it's like to navigate snowy sidewalks with a little one, trying to keep them safe. 
I really wanted to let you cross. I did, because I am a good person. I wanted her to know, as she glared at me, that I am good. And I am good. We all are. We know we are good because we are made in the image of a good God. But sometimes, perhaps once a day or perhaps once an hour, we fall short of our nature, our own innate goodness. And it can be rather painful when these shortfalls happen. We fall short in small ways and in big ways. We fall short by accident, by ignorance, by apathy, by confusion, by woundedness, or by lack of direction, or maybe by a sense of being untethered from our true self for just a moment, or maybe for as long as we can remember. In all of this falling short, we know two things, or if we don't know them, perhaps we need to hear them. The first is that we are good. And the second is that we mess up. The readings today are all addressing this very aspect of our human condition. And my very quick and messy uh, interpretation of them follows. The collect says that we cannot be good without God. The first reading tells us that we can choose to be good. The psalm says, happy are they whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. And when I read that, I thought it should say, happy are they whose way is blameless, for they do not exist. (laughs) The letter from Paul to the Corinthians begins by Paul telling the Corinthians that they are moral and spiritual children. And he is trying to spoon feed them guidelines for being good and for knowing that it is God who grows them. Lastly, the Gospel. The Gospel offers us a rather long section of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, an exquisite sermon, full of beautiful guidance and poetry and wisdom. It covers three chapters of the Gospel of Matthew. We heard some of it last week, and we'll hear more of it next week. Today's section, however, often makes preachers groan. Oh, man, I have to talk about divorce and controlling our thoughts about anger and lust and pulling our eyes out and cutting our hands off. Well, Jesus had to talk about these things because they were controversial parts of the Jewish law a body of law that was being bent and misused and misunderstood. And there was this rumor traveling around about Jesus, that Jesus had come to abolish the law, a rumor that Jesus apparently wanted to clear up because he was actually quite faithful to the law. And he wanted people to see the spirit of the law so that they would see the rightness of the law. Don't murder Actually, don't be hateful or destructive in any way. Don't commit adultery with your body. Actually, don't commit adultery in your mind either. Don't divorce without due process. Actually, don't do harm to another by forsaking your commitment to their well-being at all. And divorce in first century Palestine was the forsaking of the well-being of the woman in the marriage as she had no means to support herself outside of the vow that her husband had made to her. 
And it says in that scripture that you make her into an adulteress. Well, she had to find another way to be supported. And the husband, by the way, was the only one who could choose divorce anyway. So I don't think Jesus was trying to be legalistic here. I think he was trying to illuminate the loving nature of these ancient religious laws. Today's five readings, all of them attempt to guide us into the goodness that is our nature as part of creation. They are just five of millions of ways in which humanity has sought to guide itself back to its natural goodness as the challenges of life pull us into disarray over and over again. Jewish law, the gospel, the epistles, Buddhist teachings, the Tao Te Ching, courts and governments and laws, the rules on the kindergarten wall, marriage vows, support groups, rehabilitation centers, the study of ethics, art, music, poetry, the golden rule, which, by the way, can be found in some form in every major religion, therapy, the self-help section of the bookstore, not a small section, hymns, the prayer book, church, all of these things seek to guide us again and again to our natural goodness. There are so many things that strive for the same goal that each of us can find a dozen or a hundred that work for us. Now, I have to confess, the type B INFP hippie idealist in me wishes we didn't need any of these moral guides. I wish we just knew that we are good and that everyone else is good too, and we could live an easy utopian life of good behavior and bliss. Although I do know some very lovely people who would be quite bored by this arrangement. Still, something in me wants to not have to need any of today's scripture. It's easy for me to fall into the false belief that all these rules of life and order are a cumbersome wall between me and the holiness and goodness that I seek to experience directly. I heard a story this week that has become a metaphor for this struggle of mine. A friend lives across the road from some wetlands where she often kayaks. This past fall, while kayaking, she and her family kept seeing a great blue heron, but they weren't seeing it consistently. They would see it for moments, and then it would disappear again in the tall wetland grasses. The grasses were similar in color and stature to the great blue heron, because that's the way natural habitats work. And so the heron would blend in, disappear, and then reappear again somewhere else. The family tracked it for some time, thrilled when they got a good view, and then a moment later they would be searching for it again, wishing those tall grasses would just get out of the way so they could soak up the beauty and magic of the tall, graceful bird. As we seek God and as we pursue good and holy lives, We are working to catch a thrilling glimpse of the heron, of goodness, of divine beauty. And we do catch glimpses in a sunset, in music, in one another, in church, in a moment when we feel that we are authentically ourselves at our best, 
and in a million other ways. These moments vibrate with joy. They are a quick glimpse of a beautiful bird through the grasses. In my metaphor, the wetland grasses that obscured my friend's view of the heron represent today's scriptures and all the other ways in which humans create guides, guides to God, guides to our own goodness. Impatiently, I want to push them out of the way and get a clear line of view on holiness. But the heron seems to enjoy the grasses. They are her home and her natural habitat. They reflect her beauty. And what's more, the grasses keep me leaning forward in my imaginary kayak, striving to see the source of all goodness through them. When the waters are turbulent, the grasses offer a place of refuge. When suffering overwhelms us, there is peace in the foliage of the wetlands. And in moments when goodness and beauty abound, when the heron takes flight and soars into clear view, when I am spellbound, joy-filled, and at peace, when I for some moment in time behold the divine, I know that the waiting and striving has not been in vain. The tall grasses of wisdom offered by so many have indeed accompanied and guided me. I realize that I do need today's scripture. Just as deeply as I need the bread and wine at the altar, and just as viscerally as I need water and air. And then... When the Holy Spirit blows through the grasses of our communal attempts to offer structure, to be good, to do right, to live holy lives, and those grasses in the wind sing the low, sweet song of humanity. I am grateful to be part of humanity. And I see the grasses for what they are, not barriers between me and God, but bridges built by people throughout the ages, bridges between divine perfection and human frailty, meant to connect us back to where we began, back to the deepest truth of our creation, that we are, above all else, gods, and we are each of us, deeply good. Amen.